thoughts, our minds, our bodies, everything we have, everything we are, our families, we entrust them to you. But most of all, we just offer ourselves. We offer ourselves to the Lord. We offer ourselves to you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We worship you, God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you, worship team. I want you to go ahead and as we're in the Lord's presence, we're going to look at His Word and uh, open to Acts 13 once again. Acts 13, 1 through 3. We're going to, we're going to start there once again. Um, sometimes the Lord just takes one passage or one section. He's had us do it before and He wants us to keep looking at it. <laughs> to keep, keep looking at something else in it. And so that's what we're going to do today. And just let me say one thing. If you're, I guess there's a few guests here today. Just we're we're free in our worship, and we've been getting freer and freer. Uh, and that doesn't necessarily mean that you march around. It does. That doesn't necessarily mean a sign that you're free. But when you're free inside. It's got to get out to your body. I mean, that's, that's just the way it is. I mean, if you're really free in your heart, it's going to manifest itself in your body somehow. It doesn't mean that it's always one way. It doesn't mean it could just go to your voice and lifting praise or shouting like we talked about earlier. But it, it's going to move you to something because one of the things we're going to look at today is, is that if we have our being, ourselves, properly aligned according to how God made us, then our spirit is the boss of our body. See, where, does everybody know that who you are is you're, you're a spirit and you have a soul and you live in a body? That's who you are. That's all of you. You have your spirit, your body, soul, and spirit. That's taught clearly in Scripture that there's, there's three parts to you. There's not just the physical. There's also the emotional. Uh, the, the mind is your soul, emotions, intellect, and your will, your, your, your will to do things, to make decisions. And then your spirit is the, is the innermost part of you, and that's where, that's where you commune with God. That's where when you become a Christian, the Holy Spirit comes in and renews your spirit, and then you're, you're made new, and then He lives in you, in your spirit. And so that's why the proper alignment is for your spirit to be the master, because your spirit is submitted to the Holy Spirit, and He's leading you, and then everything else flows from that. And see, we get, we get messed up when our minds are in charge. It doesn't mean we're throwing our minds out. We're just saying that our mind is submitted to our spirit. The renewed mind, in Romans 12, 2, renew your minds. You know, do not be conformed any longer to the pattern of this world, but be renewed in your mind. And how you get renewed in your mind is the Word of God, and the Holy Spirit renews your mind by speaking things into your heart that renews your body, renews your mind, and renew your body too. He can, he can do many things. So, um, but that's why worship, it moves you to do something. Because it's, it's from the inside out. That's how God changes you too, is always from the inside out. He doesn't start on the outside. He starts on the inside and works, works his way out. Acts 13, 1 through 3. We, we've read it the last couple weeks. Holy Spirit, we just invite you to, to open the Word of God. Holy Spirit, come open our, the ears and the eyes of our heart and let us understand and let us receive every word that's from you and every word that's not from you, Lord, we pray that it would just wash away and won't have any effect on us in Jesus' name. So in the church at Antioch, there are prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manaen, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. And here we go. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, 
set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. And so we've been looking at this is a commu- an example of a worshiping community. But you didn't think we could leave out another key word in that section. It says they were worshiping the Lord and fasting. And so we're going to look at fasting today. This may be a little bit more of a teaching than, than a preaching. I don't know. I love to preach, and so sometimes it just comes out anyway. But um, fasting... What, what does that make you think of? When you first hear that word, does that make you cringe or does that make you go like, or does it make you like go, oh yeah, I love that. I mean, talk to me. What, what's your first reaction when you hear the word fasting? I mean, does it... Response. <laughs> Refraining from something? Good. That's what fasting is, is setting something aside... Um, can be food, could be something else, and uh, could be TV, could be saying, I'm not going to eat sweets for this, you know. And you're setting it aside and focusing some extra time in prayer with the Lord. In other words, the time you'd normally do that thing that you're setting aside, if it's, if it's your favorite TV show, for example, just, just give an example, you can fast TV. It's po- it really is possible. You can actually live without TV. Let me tell you, it's, you can live without it. Um, some people are shocked at that, but it's true. You can. You, don't die, you won't die. Um, and instead of watching that show during that time, and this is, you know, we're going to talk about how this comes about, is you take that time and you focus on seeking the Lord in prayer and in worship unto Him. That's, that's basically what fasting is. But what's your reaction normally when you hear the word fasting? Is it positive or Negative. 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 That's what I was thinking. I was just checking to make sure because um, that used to be my, my reaction too. Um, and so what we're going to do is we're going to look at fasting. I, I believe that fasting is not a thing to suffer through. Is it a challenge? Yes, it, can. it may be a challenge. Uh, is, it, is it necessarily like the most fun thing you're going to ever do in your life? I don't, maybe not. Uh, worshiping the Lord is a lot more fun sometimes, I think, than fasting. But, th- but fasting is a key. See, when, 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 when Miss Janae was sharing earlier about you know, the Lord using her and us taking dominion and, and the Holy Spirit being poured out, see, in this scripture here, there, there's two things that were going on. is They were a worshiping community, but they were also a fasting community. They were a community who was, who was, yes, committed 100% to worshiping the Lord, to seeking God, to giving Him praise. But they were also committed to, to fasting and prayer. Prayer is good on its own. Prayer with fasting is, is even better sometimes if the Lord is calling you to it. And that's, that's a real important key. So first of all, and I believe fasting is for everyone. Fasting... See, fasting is one of these things that we've kind of lost, and it's kind of like, okay, well, the pastor does that, or the real spiritual people. Those, those are, don't you believe that? I mean, don't you wish that was true? Or, I, mean, I mean, are there real spiritual people? That, is it just the pastors or the leaders or the elders? Maybe it should be just the elders, not the pastors. <laughs> what do you think, elders? <laughs> it's, for, it's for everyone. See, fasting is not some thing that you have to... You don't have to graduate to something great. Like, you don't have to suddenly be on this spiritual level. It's not something earned. It's, it's just in your relationship with the Lord. You don't, have to, you don't have to be someone you're not. You're just yourself. And God speaks to you and says, I'm in. And it's an invitation. I, I set you up earlier because I was going to talk. This is an invitation. Whenever God calls you to fast, He's inviting you into something. He's not forcing you to do something. I mean, and in some ways in the past, I think the church has been more of a, you got to do this, you need to do this, you have to do this, you should do this. And see, that's just not good. You should do it, but it's an invitation. God's saying, hey, come, come, come do this with me. So, why do we fast? Um, we're going to look at a couple of scriptures. Turn to Matthew 6. Matthew chapter 6. 
I think this is a one-part message, but if it gets too long, we'll, we'll cut it off. But, um, my wife's telling me I'm preaching too long, so... Matthew 6, verse 16. Okay, and this is Jesus. This is the Sermon on the Mount. And he's going through lots of stuff here. But he gets to fasting. And Jesus says, verse 16, When you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show men they are fasting. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that it will not be obvious to men that you are fasting, but only to your Father who is unseen. And your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Okay, there's a couple of things to point out there. This is Jesus, so I'm taking this real seriously here. Um, Twice he says... When you fast. Okay, you gotta, you're, are you working it through here? When you fast. He, he doesn't use the word if. <laughs> Unfortunately, maybe, for some of us who are thinking, I wish it said if. My translation says if. <laughs> no, no, Jesus, the word is when. I mean, there's no way around it. He says it twice just to make sure. Maybe he wanted us to make sure. When you fast, and he, and he tells some things to do it. And when you fast, you know, you don't have to, I think he's saying you don't have to suffer through it or show people what's going on. You don't have to advertise it. You don't have to let people know what's going on. Doesn't mean you can't ever tell somebody, but it's, it's, you don't advertise it. But it's for you and God. He says when your father sees what's done in secret, he will reward you. See, it's something between you and him. It's something that happens between you and him. Second scripture, Matthew 9, verse 14. Turn a few, few pages over. And it says this, Then John's disciples came and asked him, How is it that we and the Pharisees fast, But your disciples do not fast. Jesus answered, How can the guests of the bridegroom mourn while he is with them? The time will come when the bridegroom will be taken away from them. Then they will fast. And who's Jesus talking about there? Who's the bridegroom? Who's the bridegroom? Who's the groom? Jesus. Who's the bride? Us. Okay, good. I don't use the term bridegroom either, so I mean, I don't know what that is. Um, Just the groom. So Jesus is basically saying his disciples were not fasting at that point. But Jesus told us when the time would happen, when the disciples of Jesus would fast. And when was that? When he was taken to heaven. And so I am called at some point to fast because Jesus is not standing right here with me. I am not in heaven with him. He is not down on earth coming back to return. And so we're in that in-between time. So during that in-between time, he says, then they will fast. So to me, this is, right here, this establishes that this is for every disciple of Jesus. Unless you're in heaven with him, then fasting will be a part of your life and can be a part of your life. And it doesn't have to be a bad thing. You don't fast. There's several reasons you don't fast. There's many wrong reasons to fast. You don't fast to force God to do anything. Fasting does not force... It's not... You don't earn anything from God. It's not for bonus points. You know, oh, that guy fasts, so he, he's got a, a... You know, you don't, you, don't, you don't try to force God's arm with fasting. Uh, it's not a good idea to fast to lose weight. That's just a practical one. That's not what fast, fasting is not for losing weight. If that happens when God calls you to it, then fine. But that's not the reason fasting exists. Fasting um, is not something you have to do as an obligation. It's something you get to do. It's an invitation. 
And see, something, there's, there's, there's power in fasting that the church hasn't tapped into. There, there's power when, when the community of God fasts, the people of God, when they fast and pray. So let's look at two keys to fasting real quick, and then I'll share a, some stories. Um, I believe there's, there's, there's only two things that are key to fasting. Number one is intimacy, and number two is obedience. Number one, intimacy. When should you fast? When the Holy Spirit says. That's it. There, there's no other time to fast. And that's why it doesn't have to be a bad thing. Whenever the Holy Spirit says something to you, is He leading you to something bad? No, He's leading you to something good. It may be tough. It may be a little bit of a challenge. It may be new. But He is leading you to something good. And so there's never a time when it's like, well, I need, I need this from God, so I'm going to fast. Well, I would say just ask Him. Rather than just go ahead and doing it, because I mean, I think that's been done in this past. Well, we need, we, we fast, and so we just do it, and so I'm going to do that. I would say the better idea is, Lord, I, I want to fast right now. Do you think that's a good thing? I mean, maybe none of you are saying, I don't ever want to do that. <laughs> and he may say, not right now, just pray. Just take some extra time for prayer. And then at that point, what you do is you obey. It's very simple. You say, okay, Lord, I'm going to set aside some extra time to pray. Sometimes, but usually the Holy Spirit, how he comes to me, is in my relationship with him. I, just, I, sense, I sense a calling. I, I feel this draw. I feel him saying, you need to fast. You need to fast. And so when he says, if God tells me I need something, I want to do it. I, I just, I just want, to, I want to enter into that. If he says, you need to do this, because everything God does is good. Everything he leads us to is good. Everything he's leading us from glory to glory. And so he's saying, step into something new. Step into the next step. Here's how you do it. It's not always going to be fasting. It's not always going to be this or that. It may be something different. But at one point, he's going to call you and say, fast. And then all our response is, is to obey. Some real practical stuff. First of all is, um, I put some notes in there. These are just some practical things on fasting. In the Bible, fasts were always about food. But it doesn't have to be limited to that. Um, like we said, there can be other things you can fast, um, setting aside. It's basically the idea is, what is God calling you to set aside? Because sometimes he, something takes God's place and he tells us to set it aside and he's doing it so we, we get our priorities back straight. Sometimes he's just calling us to a time of renewing and refreshing. Sometimes it's a time of spiritual cleansing. Sometimes it's, he wants to bring freedom in an area. Sometimes we're doing it for someone else's freedom. To release something somewhere else, in someone else. When you, you know, when you walk in the White House. I don't know if Tony and Janae fasted, but the Lord may have called them to. He may have said, take a day before you go and fast. Consecrate yourself. Set it apart for me, and I'm inviting you to this. But it's always an invitation. It's never a have to. It's never a duty. It's never, a, it's never something that, that's forced. I've done both, just so you know. I, I fast, I don't fast on a necessarily a regular basis, but I fast when the Lord calls me to. I've had a few fasts this year, um, usually just short ones. Usually during the year, God will call me to a longer fast. Um, usually, at this point, I've never gone without food for more than three days. Um, I've done other types of foods, like a Daniel fast, which is no meats and no cheese, no bread, uh, just vegetables, fruit, and nuts. Ooh, yeah, look at oh, that was like whoa! You get that reaction like, you can live you can live on that really. If the if the see if the Holy Spirit's leading you to it, it's okay. I don't think it's good to eat that on a regular basis. Um, you can check with Annette if you need to. Um, <laughs> but 
But because the Holy Spirit is saying, this is what I'm doing, it's okay. Daniel in the Bible ate vegetables and water. And he looked better than everybody who ate the best food in the whole kingdom. Why? Because the Holy Spirit called him to it. Is it normally good just to eat vegetables and water? Absolutely not. (laughs) But when he calls you, then the Holy Spirit is bringing a special grace. And see, what's happening when you're called into a fast is the spiritual is becoming more real than the physical. That's what God wants to happen. He wants to realign things to say, you know what? Inside is more important than what this body desires. This body is not my master. The flesh is not my master. The Holy Spirit is my master. And from the inside out, and you know what? The first time you fast, it may be even really tough. And at that point, you know what? You're going to want to seek God because you're going to be like, oh God, I need you. I I am going without something that I've never gone without, whether it's food or whatever. It may be hard. Food is usually harder, I think, but um, maybe some other things are more difficult. But I've done both. I've uh, I've had terrible times of fasting and I've had wonderful times. Let me tell you about the terrible times first. And I'm not saying this to, to look, look spiritual. I mean, it really makes me look unspiritual. Uh, I took one whole year, and every Wednesday, I fasted for a whole entire year. And you know what? That was a waste of time. <laughs> I'm, I'm serious. I don't, you know, what I learned through it was, that was my thing. That was not the God's thing. That was my idea. And you know what? When it, since it was my idea, every Wednesday, you know whose strength I had to make it through the day? Just mine. <laughs> Just mine. I didn't have anything supernatural because God was saying, I didn't even ask you to. I mean, you can, God will let you do anything. I mean, He lets us sin. He lets us, I mean, He doesn't force us to do anything. But... Is it a little cold in here or what? (laughs) No, it depends on who you are. (laughs) Are we we on 72 back there? That's usually pretty okay for this room. I'm getting a little cold, so I'm thinking it's cold. It's cold up front. So, So for a whole year, and see, this is what would happen. This is one of the reasons... I begin to dread, like Tuesday, Tuesday afternoon, I'm already dreading Wednesday. I'm already thinking, oh, no, Jesus, tomorrow is Wednesday. <laughs> I mean, I'm dead serious. I mean, it got to the point, I mean, I, it was like, you love Monday because great. Hey, you had to go, I was working on a regular job, just, you know, call center. You go to the job, Monday's great. Tuesday, about halfway through the afternoon, you're thinking, man, I'm going to go home, and then pretty soon I'm going to go to sleep, and then I'm going to wake up. And I'm going to wake up, and that's it. You know, I'm just, you know, I got to just go to work. And then at lunch, you know, I'm going to drive my car to a quiet place, and I'm going to sit, and I'm going to try to pray, and I'm going to really try to make it work. And, and you know what? It, it never really did. I mean, it just, it just never worked. And after the fact, I really felt like the Lord spoke to me and said, I didn't call you to that. I didn't ask you to do that. And so it didn't come from intimacy with God. It didn't come from my close relationship with God. It came with me wanting to do, maybe do something for God, wanting to, you know, I was a youth pastor at the time. I would fast on Wednesday nights hoping that something, I don't think we even met on Wednesday, but, you know, just that, that God would do something. And that's not the right reason. I mean, if we want God to do something, just ask. He says ask, right? Ask. And it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. If you knock on the door and God says this door doesn't open unless you fast, then you fast. I mean, it, it seems simple, but we've made, it, we've made it complicated. Now, I've had other times when the Lord has called me to a fast. There's been times, my most recent fast, and I, I, I'll tell you this, is I, I went, I'd never gone three days without food. And I drank not just water. I drank liquids like uh, juices and stuff. Not not like soda. Don't don't drink soda or sweet tea or coffee. Is not good during a fast. Um, but I drank you know like nourishing liquids, juices and stuff. And you know what? At the end of the three days, 
I was feeling great. I'm dead serious. It was, I had some great prayer times because it was the Holy Spirit led me to it. He, he, he just had some wonderful times personally with him. I really felt like there was something, you know, something that happened in me. Something happened in my spirit. And at the end of the three days, I was like, God, this is pretty, this is a piece of cake. I think I can go another day. And he said, and I, the Lord immediately said, that's fine, but I'm done today. <laughs> I mean, he said, tomorrow begins, it's, it's just you. It's all you. And uh, you've had three days of all me. And if you want to try one day of all you, then go for it. Uh, it's not going to be pretty, though. <laughs> but see, that's the thing is... Is I was called to this. Is it was it was out of the. This is my relationship with God, and he said I felt like he just said do this for three days, and so I did. I didn't do two days. I didn't do four days. I didn't do ten days. I did because I felt like he said three days. And God may call you to fa- say fast until I tell you. That's fine too. There's, it's just what is God saying to you? What is He calling you to do? It, see, it's a relationship. It's a dance. It's a it's a it's a wonderful thing where we come together. And we come with Him, and we walk with Him, and we dance with Him, and we talk with Him. And then because He's so good, He says, I invite you to fast, and I'm going I'm to do something. And it may be for somebody else. It may be for you. Who knows? It is going to do something for you. I guarantee it. But it's amazing. I've done some other fasts that are a little bit longer that were... You know, just eating certain foods, fruits, you know, like the Daniel fast. Um, and if you do that one without God, I think it's going to be miserable. I mean, I really just think that you, you get up in the morning and you're like, great, I can have strawberries. And then you get to lunch and you're like, wow, um, what do I eat? <laughs> fruits, vegetables, and nuts. That's it. You know, get out the peanut butter and shove that in your mouth. And then you're like, what else? But... This is just, I mean, this is the practical side is, but see, if the Lord's in it, there's a grace. There's, there's a strength that comes. And, and I don't, I just, I just want to walk in that. A couple of practical things. Um, let's see. I mean, I would encourage you, if, if you've never fasted, please read this. Um, it tells you some things about fasting. Don't start, if, you've ne- if you're going to fast food, First of all, check, check your health condition, number one. Um, if you've got a health condition that not eating is going to affect you in a really bad way, um, don't do it. You know, reconsider, pray, pray again. You know, I mean, the Holy Spirit, I mean, there, there's probably sometimes, very few, when God would say to do that. But I, I think the, the, I would want to err on the side of eating rather than doing something to harm yourself. Because God doesn't want you to harm yourself. He wants you to, he wants, he's going to give you good things. Um, number two is, if, if, you are, if it is health and you feel it's right, don't start, with, don't start big. I mean, if you've never fasted any meals before and took that time to pray, then don't start off with a 10-day fast. Don't start off with a 3-day fast. Maybe even don't, don't even start with a 1-day fast. Maybe just start... With a lunch fast or a dinner fast, and you can't count if you don't normally eat breakfast, and you just you know you it doesn't work that way. Well, I never eat breakfast anyway. Boom, I'm fasting. <laughs> God, do I get credit for that? He's not. I'm not looking for credit, <laughs> but I mean, but some other practical things is if you're gonna. Some of you may be addicted to caffeine which I would encourage you to get on it. I'm serious. I'm dead serious. Don't be addicted to anything. If you have to have caffeine to make it through the day, then that thing is in control of you. You, you, you are no longer in control. It's dictating what happens in your body, and that's not how the God created you. And so if you have to have caffeine in order not to have a headache, that means you're addicted. Um, so if that's the case, I would encourage you before you fast to take a week or so and have no caffeine first, because if not, it's going to be very hard. On that day you fast. It's going to be very difficult. Um, a couple days before you fast, if you've never done it before, and this is just for food. All the other stuff, TV is pretty easy. You just turn it off, bam, it's done. You know, video, I mean, if God tells, you know, some people play video games, and, uh, you know, if God says set aside the, what do you have? You got a video game system? What do you got? Okay, set aside, God may say set aside your 360. 
for, for, for the next week. Oh, <laughs> God, I'd rather just go without food. <laughs> I mean, God's going to, he's going to be the one that's going to speak to you. It doesn't, but see, but those type of things, you can jump right into that. You're not, it's not going to hurt you to go without the 360. I'm, you know, really. <laughs> or the we or the whatever, you know. It's not going to hurt you to go without the TV. You can turn that off. I mean, there's really no effect on your body. I mean, you don't start... I mean, maybe there is, but, you know, there's no headache that comes. There's no, like, oh, I feel weak. <laughs> I haven't seen American Idol for a month. Okay, you know, those things are easy. But if you're going to fast food... I mean, this is... I'm just being practical here, though. If you're going to fast food, prepare yourself. If you've never done it before, I'd say a couple days before, just drink water. Don't, don't drink a lot of sweet stuff. Don't eat a lot of sweets because you'll have a big sugar headache. If you try to go without sugar. Now, juices, if you're drinking juices during the day, sometimes that offsets that. But a lot of times, um, we, we eat so much sugar in the U.S. That, that we're pretty much addicted to that, too. But a couple days of, of eating healthy and cleansing yourself will prepare your body for a fast. And that's just something real practical. Um, the day you fast, take that time to pray. When you feel hungry, that's a call to pray. When you feel the desire for that thing, maybe it's you know maybe you're just setting aside media, a media fast, and you say, "Man, I'd really like to watch this." That's that's a call to pray. I always take any longing or desire of my body for something as an invitation by the Holy Spirit to pray, and I always pray in the Spirit a lot when I when I fast. Um, if you don't pray in the Spirit yet, you don't have spiritual language. Um, just just pray in English, pray in whatever language you're, you're, but pray and pray and pray. I had a recent time where it was a little bit, it was a little more difficult. I think God knew I was going to be giving this message and he didn't want me to make it sound too easy. So um, the last time I fasted, I had to, it was a little bit more difficult. I knew it was God, but I had to press through. And when, when I press through in prayer, let me just be honest, my headache was gone. Had the headache all day until I pressed through in prayer. And I prayed in the Spirit until my headache was gone. And I prayed in the Spirit until, you know what, I was not focused on my needs and, and what I wanted, what I desired. I, I prayed until it was what He wanted and what He desired. And when I was in that place, my body was not the master anymore. My spirit under the power of the Holy Spirit, was the master. And he is, he's a good master. Yes, he yes. So, those are some practical things. I hope, I mean, if you need more, read this. Um, well, we're doing good here. Here's what I believe fasting does. The first thing that fasting does, and this one is really amazing. Is when the Holy Spirit invites you to fast. See, it's from intimacy that you're called to fast. But it's into intimacy that you're released when you fast. You get closer to Jesus. Because any time we fast... Um, Bill Johnson says this, that fasting is a longing for God. It's a, it's a desire for Him. Because Jesus said, when I leave, then you'll fast. It's because He's gone in the, in the sense of not returning for, to establish His kingdom forever, once and for all. So fasting is always a longing and desire for God. And it leads to more intimacy. It's another one of those things that you start here with intimacy, you follow the Lord... You obey Him, boom, He brings you into more intimacy. He brings you closer to Him. You know what? That's my desire. I want to be close to Him, what, whatever, whatever it takes, but under his, uh, under his leadership. Number two, fasting brings humility and dependence upon God. James 4, 6 says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Do you want more grace in your life? Humble yourself. And you know what? There's no better place I know, especially with, with food, 
that where I'm saying, Lord, I'm dependent upon you. I am depending upon you because my strength, my body is weak. See, that's how Paul the Apostle lived. He said, you know, in my weakness, then I am strong. And sometimes what fasting does, it just reminds us that, hey, I'm not the strong one. He is. He's the one who's my strength. He's the one. And so if he's my strength, then I'm setting this aside and I am saying, God, I am yours. I am yours. I humble myself before you. I am dependent upon you. And humility brings freedom. Um, I need more. I need the Lord to bring humility into my life. Number three is, is fasting is a spiritual and physical cleansing. I don't have a scripture for that. I'll just be honest with you. That's just more kind of what I feel and what, what the Lord has showed me is that many times God leads us through a fast just to clean us out. Just, and, it, and it'll do it physically for you, but, but even more importantly, spiritually, some things will be cleansed out. Even though you are in the world, do not be of the world. Do not love the, the world or the things in it. Number four, fasting shows the body who's in control. Your spirit is in control of your body. And it's interesting, the, the scripture that really came to me for this was when Jesus was called to fast. When it said, see, and Jesus is an exa- another example to us. It says, and the Holy Spirit led Jesus into the desert to be tempted by the devil, and he fasted for 40 days. So the Holy Spirit led him into that. Um, What that also tells me is that sometimes there may be temptation that comes during the fast to be aware, to be alert. Um, But in the middle of that fast, the devil comes to Jesus and says, you're the son of God, right? Why don't you turn this stone into bread? And Jesus says, Man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. So in other words, there's a deeper sustenance than just food. It's the word of God. It's God's word spoken to us. That that is something more necessary than food. So what, that, but what fasting does, it can realign us. Hey, the spiritual is more real than the physical. And it can be, it'll be a drawing to that. Number five, fasting permeates you with kingdom culture. Perme- permeates you with, with kingdom culture. The kingdom of God, see, the culture of the kingdom of God is in, basically very entirely different from Amer- American culture, especially Western culture. Um, Western culture is, if you want it, buy it. If you're hungry for it, eat it. I mean, that's how we live in America, isn't it? If I want to go, you know, get a large shake at Jack in the Box, <laughs> I just go get it. I, but see, it's not like that in every part of the world. See, our, but our culture is, is just the easy access. If I just want it, I can go get it. And, you, you know, we may not all live that way and... You know, but they supply credit cards for for other things that you can't afford, and you can just go get it, even though you don't even, can't even afford it. But see, that's our culture. See, but but the kingdom of God is is totally opposite to that. It's totally opposite. It's it's what do you want? <laughs> what do you want, Lord? What do you want? And there is a place when we step into the spirit where there's a friendship where God does ask us, hey, ask of me, ask of me, ask of me. But it's be, once we step into that place with God where we're close to him, and then you know what? We're asking for the same things that are already on his heart. And so because we're asking for the same things that are on his heart, he's like, yes, yes, I've been waiting for you to ask me for those things. I want to pour that out on you. I want to bless you. So kingdom culture is is also a giving culture. It's not about me. It's about someone else. It's about blessing someone else. It's about going into the White House and saying, we're there for a purpose. Hey, it's not just for me to have a good time and, and tell everybody at home that I got to go to the White House. It's there to say, you know, we're here for a purpose. I'm here to bring something in. 
I just think that was amazing. So, <laughs> But you have something amazing to give when you step into the restaurant. That the kingdom culture is not how can, how can they serve me? And I'm just reminding you again, it's how can I bless them? Why am I here? Yeah, okay, yeah, I'll get something to eat. But I am here to find out where the Holy Spirit is and to bless somebody with the power of the Holy Spirit or the presence of the Holy Spirit in that place. And that's my purpose there. It's not to get what I want. Getting what you want is not scriptural. It's not in the Bible. Jesus said, deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. It's, it's not, that's not, that, but that's our American culture, is you. It is not about you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry it's not about me sometimes. But let me tell you, if you will entrust yourself to Jesus, He will take so better care of you than you are doing. I will never go back. I will never go back. Okay, it's number six. We got two more. Number six, fasting helps you understand hunger and desperation. Fasting helps you understand hunger and desperation. And again, this is something we, we don't even understand. When, when somebody says, I'm hungry for more of God, some of us have never been hungry. Now, there are people, it doesn't mean that no one's hurting for food in the U.S. I'm not, I'm not saying that at all. But in my family, I grew up having, having if, I, if I needed something to eat, I had it. I didn't have to know what hunger was because my parents supplied and took care of me. But it's not like that in every part of the world. And not only does it identify with me with physical hunger, but it says, hey, what does spiritual hunger feel like? When you've gone a couple days without food, your body will let you know what hunger feels like. And fasting, I believe, always increases your hunger for God. It always increases it. Because, yes, we're satisfied in Him, but we're supposed to be hungry for more. We need to be hungry for more. Fasting is a longing for God, saying, God, I need you more than I need this. I need you more than something else. You are all I want. You are all I need. You are the one I need. And it helps you understand, you know what? Hunger is something that hurts. It hurts. It's, it's pain in your body. Hunger for God in your spirit is it's a longing. It's a pain. It's a desire. It's saying, I must have this. And if you're not hungry, you won't be filled. Number seven. This is the last one. Fasting brings spiritual breakthrough. I'm going to show you briefly. Mark 9.29. This is in the New King James. And this is the story where the disciples, they tried to pray for this boy and he, he, he couldn't be healed. He couldn't be healed. And so then Jesus shows up and casts the demon out of the boy and heals him. And the disciples come and say, how come we couldn't heal him? And Jesus says to them, this kind can come out by nothing but prayer and fasting. Now, if you read the NIV, New International Version, or the NLT, it will not have the words fasting. It will just say prayer. Um, there's, a, there's a few verses in the Bible where there's some opinions on what's in there. Don't get all freaked out about it. Just, that's just the, just the reality. I'm sharing with you that I believe this verse that fasting has to be there. And this is why. The disciples were already praying. Why would Jesus tell them to do something that they were already doing? And say, the problem was, is you needed to pray. And the disciples, they were praying their guts out. I mean, these guys, the disciples were too, they were the most experienced people in healing and supernatural that had ever lived on the earth. 
at that point. Jesus commissioned them. He'd sent them out. They had done everything. And so they got to this guy, this kid, and, and something wouldn't happen. There was not a breakthrough. And because of that, they came to Jesus and said, what was the problem? And Jesus said, this kind comes out only by prayer and fasting. That there's a spiritual breakthrough that happens when we fast. There's a breakthrough in us. There's a breakthrough in us where we're able to press through and then tap into our authority and our faith. And I mean, there's, there's many things that this, this applies to. So, I lost track there, sorry, I had to check back in. We're almost done, so. Um, so this is the thing, when did it say that Jesus was fasting? In the scripture, does anybody know where the verse is where it says Jesus took the time and was fasting before this happened? It's not in there. What that tells me is that Jesus had a life of obedience to the Holy Spirit and he fasted when, he, when God called him to that and so he was ready. So that day, Jesus was ready for anything that the enemy would bring to him. And the breakthrough happened because Jesus was ready. Not because Jesus was the Son of God. Jesus was totally submitted to the Holy Spirit and the Father while he was on the earth as a human being. He was 100% God, but he didn't use his God powers. That's a good way to describe it, I guess. And so, because he was in the place of fasting and prayer, he had a regular appointment with God. When the Holy Spirit said fast, he fasted. And so, when he was ready to get rid of that thing that stood in the way of the will of God, he was just able to speak a word, and it happened. Breakthrough. There will be a breakthrough when you fast. There will be some breakthroughs that you will never receive unless you obey the Lord when He calls you to fast. So, there's another point in Scripture that, hap- that, that talks about fasting, and it's, here you go, it's when a leader calls the people to, to fast and pray. And remember, your job again is you ask the Lord. You ask the Lord. But I'm calling us, because I believe this is what the Holy Spirit is saying to me, is that He's calling us to a time of fasting and prayer as a community. And I believe it's going to bring breakthrough. And I believe that we're supposed to do it in two ways. Number one, before Brad and Melba come this weekend... We need to fast and pray together. And so, I'm asking that on Thursday, you ask the Lord how you would participate. This Thursday, that we're going to join together in fasting and prayer. Now, you have no obligation. Remember that. It's, that's, it's not a have to. It's a get to. So, it's a, it's a time to ask God, how do I participate in this? What do you want me to do? God may just say, take five extra minutes and pray. And if that's all he says to do, then just do that. You don't have to do any more or any less than he says. On Thursday, what we're going to do is, you know, this, the sanctuary will be open. Because um, sometimes it's, you need somewhere to go for lunch. If, if you work around here and you need somewhere to go, we'll have some prayer music going, some soaking type music. If you need a place to come, you may want to go be by yourself. That's fine. If God is calling you to fast and pray, join us. If he just calls you to pray, then just pray. The second thing is I believe God wants us to take a season before um, Pentecost Sunday and take 10 days to fast and pray. And that's May 1st through 10th. And what, we, what you can do is that you can, I mean, we have a sign-up in the back if you want to sign up for that. Um, just do it on your own if you want to do it on your own. Um, the sign-up will try to remind you and help, help you remember if, if you want. Um, But Jesus, when he was ascended to heaven, he said, wait for the Holy Spirit to be poured out. And for 10 days, the disciples prayed and sought God. And I just, this is just something the Holy Spirit dropped in my heart. said, we need to pray and fast before 
before the day of Pentecost, which is May 11th. It's also Mother's Day. Interestingly enough, the National Day of Prayer this year is May 1st. The National Day of Prayer is May 1st, so it starts on that day. So the reason I did this was to teach on why we fast and what a fast is before we get called to it. Because sometimes I think we, we just jump into something. And this is not a setup to say, hey, nobody's forced to do anything here. Does anybody feel forced to, to fast? Okay. Don't, don't raise your hand anyway, even if you do. <laughs> no, I mean, that's not a good question to ask. I'm sorry. <laughs> I do. Okay, well, then what do I do at that point? But so what I'm going to do, what we're going to do is, is just this Thursday. You know what? And I'm playing a softball game. You know, so I'm going to ask the Lord, you know, he may tell me just go water. I don't know. He may tell me something else. He may just say this or that. But the other thing, real practical, if you work a hard job that's hard labor, be careful. Um, be careful because it's not, you know, your body will wear out. You can't just, you know, some of, if you work in an office, you don't have a strenuous job, it's a little bit easier. So just that's another thing to consider. God may just have you set something aside like sodas or whatever in place of going without food because you don't want to hurt yourself. So, as we close today, it's way past time to close. Well, it's only five minutes past time to close. Let's stand. And we're just going to take like one minute, and we're just going to listen to the Lord. Let the Holy Spirit speak to you about fasting. And He may speak to you something personally, like, you know, you need to take the month of June and do this. I don't know. But let the Holy Spirit speak. Holy Spirit, we just invite you to speak to our hearts. We choose to open our hearts to you. Father, I just thank you for the things you've shared with us. Lord, and we just, we just break off every religious idea we have about fasting, Father. And we just say, show us, show us the goodness of it. Show us the goodness. Show us the freedom. Show us the breakthrough. Show us the invitation that we might see. Father, wash away all those things, Lord, that have been pounded into our heads or pounded into our hearts about duty and obligation. And let us walk in relationship with you. We want to be close to you, Lord. We want to be so much closer to you. So draw us closer still, we pray. Take us deeper still, we pray. Take us deeper into your presence, deeper into your love, deeper into your grace, deeper into your power, deeper into your compassion. In Jesus' name, amen. If you need prayer for healing, um, I encourage you to come forward. We'd love to pray with you. Um, if not, you're dismissed and be blessed as you go.